kids. Hey. <laughs> oh, wrong podcast. What was that? I was trying to be Krusty the Clown from Simpsons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of sounded like Woody Woodpecker, which is actually fitting for this episode. As actually, it was like Woody Woodpecker. Maybe that's what you're channeling subconsciously. Yeah, I was Mr. Pitt with the rope and uh, the Woody Woodpecker inflatable just burst and it was me underneath trying to, you know, get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. You're Mr. Pitt. I am. I Elaine. Have, that's basically how I spend my time. I take... Uh, salt off pretzels and feed them too. My father forbade me from doing things from the common people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if he's Dick. British or American. I think he's British. Okay. Or maybe British American. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a mid-Atlantic accent. Who knows? Anyway, well, why are we here, uh, Ivan? Yeah, well, welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. You might also know it as Bidwabask, and uh, you're with Ivan. And Stephen. And we've got another week of shenanigans. We're back to our regular programming from last week, because it was What's the Deal with the Yankee staff last week, and uh, we're we're back to reviewing the secondaries from a normal episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, that's right. And we're back to normality as well after the uh, revelation of uh, Frank Costanza being ousted from number one by, eh, by yes. George Steinbrenner. Yes, from my list, because every week we have a top 10 secondary characters that we've reviewed so far. And uh, yeah, Steinbrenner pipped for me, Frank Costanza, only just. We got a bit of mail about that, actually. If yeah. You, uh, if you said, you know, no, that's, you know, what, what were you sniffing? You know, you need to reassess your outlook in life. Yeah, that some, sort of some thing. pretty harsh but but necessary, yeah. um, you know, reactions. Reactions. And I had a couple of people saying, oh, that's fine. Your opinion. Yeah. Said, oh, good. Yeah. Thanks. A mixed a mixed bag of reactions. Mostly negative though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It stunned everyone, especially yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, it was it was it was shocking. Yeah. Still getting over it. I've made uh, extra appointments with my therapist. Oh, please. To get through it. Yeah. You know, I've got my personal issues and now I've got this. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. A whole new set of fucking issues. Hopefully the same one as uh, Crazy Joe Devola. Yeah. I hear he's pretty good. Yeah. Just don't forget your medication. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it'll, uh, it'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why don't we get into this week's episode? Yeah, we sure will. We're talking about uh, Season 6, Episode 8, The Mom and Pop Store. I yeah. picked this one. Yes, you did. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah, it's not bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we've gone to Season 6, I think, once or twice this season so far. Uh, yeah, at least twice. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, we're back to Season 6 again. Yeah, that's right. It seems to be a common uh, destination for our picks. Yeah. Uh, so, before we get into it, I just wanted to mention that we are available on social media. Yes, we are. We have a handle uh, on pretty much every platform. It's at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. We've got a website as well, Bidwabask.com. And uh, we also have an email address, bidwabaspodcast at gmail.com. We sure do. And I've actually, I've gone on a couple of uh, websites where, um, you know, we're on, we're featured in the podcast. You know, yep. like our podcast there. We got a few five-star ratings. Okay. Yeah, a few. I'm pretty impressed about that. So thank you very much if you voted. And uh, if you haven't subscribed yet on either iTunes or any other platform, please do. We really appreciate the support. Yeah, no, we uh, appreciate anyone who's left a review um, or gotten in touch with us. And if you want to, please feel free. We, we love, uh, yeah, talking about Seinfeld. That's why we're here. Absolutely. Now, Stephen, uh, you got Seinfeld news this week. Uh, how many news articles do you have for us? One. One. Okay, nice and quick. A slow Seinfeld news week. Oh, boy, John Voigt wouldn't be impressed. I know. He'd probably bite me. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. <laughs> Easily. John Voigt. I'll talk about John Voigt a little bit later. I've got yeah. a few facts about him. Yeah, actually. we will. Um, he, definitely one of the best cameos ever in Seinfeld. And he doesn't even say a word. I, I think he just says taxi. That's it. That's right. That's yeah. true. Taxi. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And apparently yeah. it was really hard to get John Voight onto the show. Okay. Apparently they, uh, the producers went through a lot of hoops to get him. Yeah, right. Allegedly, yeah. 
I guess he was kind of retired by that stage. I can't think of any movies he's in past the 80s. Yeah, this yeah. This was 94, 95. Mm. I could imagine Christmas would be pretty hard for him. He's got like eight grandchildren to buy presents for. That's you know, true. You know, he is Angelina Jolie's father. That's so, true. You know. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, and Brad, uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, no. Are they still together, Brad Pitt? No. Angelina? Oh, they, no. they're split. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. They split up. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. well, Normally, which... I couldn't tell you a thing about celebrities, yeah. but uh, I do know that. Yeah, I don't, I don't pay attention to the tabloids. There you go. But no, I, I do know John Voigt uh, during Christmas. Man, mm. you must have to splash out. Yeah. Crazy. I'm sure they can afford it. I'm sure it'll be fine. They're fine. <laughs> anyway, let's go to Seinfeld News for this one segment. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Uh, now, before I get into this week's Seinfeld news, uh, in the in the break, it's decided to start raining here where we record in Melbourne, Australia. Yes, so wonderful. Can, the heavens can, are really falling on the studio. That's it. So if you can hear a, um, a low sort of drone in the background, it's rain. It's not, like, it's not our bad, <laughs> shitty audio equipment. No. Um, that might be something else, but um, <laughs> no. Hey, but in this case, it's rain. Hey, it served us well for 30 episodes, or 31, including this one. I know. So, uh, plus, that, plus our two, two annex episodes. That's true. Know, no, that wasn't yeah. personal. Okay. I'm sure. just, just <laughs> trying to make a joke. Of course you are. Just work with me. And you failed. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so this week's Seinfeld News, as I said, one, uh, one segment, but pretty good nonetheless. So uh, the actor, John Hurley, who uh, plays Jay Peterman, one of the most beloved secondary characters on the show, he was recently interviewed by Fox News. Ah. And uh, a few juicy tidbits came out of it, and a, a few things that I didn't know about uh, the actor um, and the character as well. So he is a staunch conservative, staunch Republican. Yeah. He's a personal friend of Donald Trump. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He, like John Voight. Yeah. John Voight spoke at uh, his uh, inauguration. Did he? Yeah, yeah. John Voight did the, did the main. Maybe speech. that's why he bit Kramer. Maybe he thought he was a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, Democrat. Yeah. What do they call Fucking him? Lefty. Libtard. Libtard. Lefty. Was, I don't think that term was around in the uh, mid nineties. Uh, I don't but think so. No. Yeah, whatever the equivalent was. He hippie. Yeah. yeah. Get a job, hippie. Yeah, yeah liberal. Yeah, you lib <laughs> SJW. I don't know. <laughs> you know, go back to your uh, arts college. You educated left wing yeah. SJW. You go back to Starbucks. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in the interview, uh, they talked uh, quite a bit about it's. You know, it's been covered a lot recently. Um, there's been a lot of backlash against Trump mm-hmm. and the the current American uh, cabinet um, about you know just their policies and decisions. Yeah, uh, coming out from Hollywood. So you know, a lot of award shows have had some pretty um, strong messaging against Trump. Of course. Um, even during the, the, the election, mm-hmm. the campaign, you know, there was a lot of ad campaigns. There oh, was a yeah. really good one, actually, mm. with uh, Al Pacino. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, uh, Robert De Niro. Oh, Robert De Niro. Oh, stuff. yeah, yeah, I remember. Right? Yeah, that came out like, ages ago. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's a mutt. He's yeah, a yeah, yeah. Just Robert De Niro saying, anyone is a mutt yeah. is worth, yeah. worth listening to. Even <laughs> if you're a Trump fan, yeah. just hearing Robert De Niro say, he's a mutt, he's a scumbag, <laughs> he's a motherfucker, whatever. Joe Pesci should have come in. That would have hey, been cool. Hey, fucking Donald Trump's an asshole. Holy shit, that's not a bad <laughs> Joe Pesci. Now get out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. We're the wet bandits. <laughs> it's amazing how he can play like such a like a like a like a wussy yeah. badass yeah. to a complete and utter like amazingly psychopathic, you know, like you know Tommy DeVito he, from Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah like just an amazing man. amazing character. Yeah. I know. Like an absolute insane psychopath yeah but then he does home alone and he's like a, a bad guy well word has it word has such it. a wuss i know word has it though in home alone apparently joe pesci because you know home alone was targeted to be a kid's film it's right? a family film it's a family yeah. film while you know that you know when the burglars get you know the traps 
you know, they get hit by paint yeah. cans and all that stuff. Joe Pesci would start swearing, like saying F and C and uh-huh, shit. Okay. But then they cut, like, after 10 times. Like, but then Joe. he does, like, cartoon swearing. He's like, fracker, bracket, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, what happened was, so what happened was they said, Joe, you can't swear, but you can make those kind of sounds. And that's why he goes, yeah. you know, he yeah. makes those kind of noises. Because yeah, he kept saying, like, he kept dropping the F and C bomb, like, every 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. As, as you would. Yeah, 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 of course. But I guess when you think about it, even though Goodfellas is in the casino and all those And they came out around the same time, Goodfellas and Home Alone. Goodfellas what, was a 90, year or two? 90, 90, Home Alone was 91, 92. Oh, okay. Casino was 94, 95. Yeah, yeah. Casino was a bit later, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. when you, I'm sure if you actually watched all three movies consecutively, Home Alone's probably the most violent. It like is, he yeah, yeah. If If all those traps were real, they would have been dead more than once. Yeah. Over and over again. You know, yeah, and that's from a, that's from yeah. like an eight year old kid as well. And forget beating up the guy, and then he's still alive in the he boot. He sets you, his hair you on fire. Fire a couple of shots on him. Yeah. Oh, you talk, I'm talking about Goodfellas. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But those killings, you know, were at least with purpose mm. in a way. You know, it wasn't it wasn't personal. Most mm. of it was just business. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Macaulay Culkin is Kevin McAllister. He he like he that's that's meditated there's, premeditated yeah. there's a YouTube video that came out I think late last year it was around Christmas time and it was like a physicist or something and he spoke about what damage the actual traps would cause in real life <laughs> and apparently if you got hit by a paint can at that velocity it would be dead. smash your skull it would cause brain damage uh-huh. you would you basically it would take most of your head off right yeah. like that's yeah. how bad and then it would have like there, there was one where uh, I think where the doorknob got really hot remember yep. that one in yep. apparently you can get like first degree burns well you get third degree no, third burns. De- was, no, sorry third Hot. No, no, third degree burns. Well, in, and, that was actually, yeah. a, and then a and good. then like your flesh would start melting. Yeah, you know, into your bones and stuff. It's yeah, like I mean that doorknob was like glowing yeah. red. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it was like real life. What would happen? <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Wow. Uh, yeah, crazy. it's amazing. In you know, in a certain context, what is just abhorrent violence can be just funny, just mm. almost slapstick humor. Those bandits could have died like five times over. That's what I mean. In, in the movie, you know, no problem. They should have been dead five times. Yeah, no, exactly. No problem. You know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. anyway. Anyway, so what did uh, what did Jay Peterman have to say? Yeah, so he he basically went against the current, uh, I guess, trend or, um, yeah, trend in, in Hollywood um, of actors and, and organizations, um, you know, being anti-Trump. And, you know, I guess he's got a personal, personal interest as well. Um, and he said uh, during the interview, never in the history of entertainment were actors considered moral barometers, which I disagree with because a lot of actors have spoken out about a lot of things. In the 70s, you know, there was a huge anti-Vietnam sentiment. Yeah, of course. In, in Hollywood yep. and the entertainment industry. So I yeah, don't think yeah, that's yeah. entirely accurate. But um, and, and then he sort of said, now all of a sudden we feel as though we have the, the mantle of moral behavior from Hollywood. And then he mentioned uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, which, you know, was probably going to come up in an interview about Hollywood. A fair given, point, yeah. Given, given the... Um, given how big it is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he also said that he's never felt so embarrassed for his profession. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because he's basically saying that you know, we're professional actors, we're there to entertain and we're there to be neutral yeah. you know, in terms of political or social issues, which is fine. But at the same time, if you've got a huge platform and and you've, you're an influential person, to me, there's an inherent responsibility to promote, you know, left or right, whatever your point of view is. I think there's a responsibility to promote what you think is right. Yeah, I guess it'll be like athletes as well. Exactly. They're, 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 they're kind of like on the same kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, which is in line with, you know, the NFL and, mm-hmm. you know, and... That, that wasn't a political statement at all. It was a statement against police violence, against yeah. African-Americans. Yeah, yeah. But I just disagree with his point of view. I still respect him as an actor, and obviously Jay Peterman's an incredible character. Yeah. But I just don't... I don't think that actors or anyone in the public eye shouldn't speak up for whatever they think is right, 
because to me there's a responsibility. Just stick to your scripts, mate. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just think it's a bit like like retreative or something. I don't know. I just don't don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Anyway, All good. Um, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about Seinfeld and uh, specifically the mum and pop store. So uh, why don't you give us a bit of a synopsis, Ivan? I sure will, Steve. First aired in the US on November 17, 1994. This episode directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Tom Gamble and Max Prose. George is set to buy a Volvo, I think a 1989 Volvo as far as I'm aware. But the car salesman Vic, Ken Thornley, talks him into buying a LeBaron convertible, saying it was previously owned by John Voight. But he didn't say which one. I love the way uh, George turns around yeah. when uh, the car salesman John is kind Voight. of walking He's away, like John kind Voight. of thinking about, yeah, you know, yeah. what was he going to buy? And then the guy just sort of flippantly mentions, yeah, it was owned by John Voight. And he turns around, John Voight. But the car salesman's not lying, though. He's no. not John Voight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's, not he's, mis- he's misleading. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> he's omitting some key information. <laughs> he sure but is. But he's not lying. But he got a sale. He did. From a, from a dumbass like George. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Elaine wants to date Tim Watley, uh, played by Brian Cranston. I believe it's Tim Watley's first appearance on the show. No, no. He was in his first or uh, second. What's the episode where he gases Jerry. gasses people? Oh, the Jimmy. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that was we earlier. did talk yes, about him yeah. briefly in that, but I think we decided that he'll get his. He'll own get his own. He'll get his own. What's the deal? Yeah, yeah. At some yep. point, he so will, we'll yeah. touch on we'll touch on him in this, but not too much. Not too much. Yeah, I think it was maybe his second time. On yeah. The show then. yeah, and he's not actually in this episode that much. He's no. only in it for one scene. One the party scene. towards the end. Exactly. Kramer convinces Jerry to lend him his spare sneakers to be repaired, so he can help a mum and pop store from no, going no, out of business. To be cobbled. Oh, cobbled. Keyword. No, they can be cleaned. They're detail <laughs> that's it and their sneakers I like how, I I like how to... Jerry protests I guess I don't think I wear the sort of shoes that need cobbling, they need cobbling it's just yeah. such a good verb that is not used anymore exactly like, I just I want to find opportunities in my life where I can just put cobble yeah. or cobbling or cobbler or cobbled any variation of cobble into a conversation mm, peach cobbler oh. actually that, that would actually work <laughs> yeah while recovering from a nosebleed in the store, Kramer recommends to Mum and Pop, played by Elsa Raven and Mike Rabello, respectively, to call an electrician, Pant Azanti, or Pat Azanti rather, to fix the exposed wiring in the ceiling. After they can't afford the repairs, they close the shop down and take Jerry's sneakers with them. Yeah, they go far. They go to, uh, I think it's Persephone. Yeah, in Persephone, New, Jersey to, New Jersey to sell off the sneakers. Yeah. I know. And, uh, and Jerry gets a tip. On the know, run. On the yeah. run, yeah, yeah. By a fan. By a fan, I know. Well, got him out of business. Kramer did. Mm. You know, 48 years. Uh. Uh, Jerry realises that he has no sneakers left to wear, so Kramer convinces him to wear cowboy boots he was given in Dallas when they couldn't afford to pay Jerry for his show. But I don't want to be a cowboy. Yeah, I was going to say much to his dissatisfaction, and I was going to say, but I don't want to be a cowboy. I think this I is his most whiny, but I don't want to be yeah. uh, whatever. I don't want to be a 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to be a This pirate. is his most high-pitched and uh, whiny yeah, for sure but I love you cowboy I love you cowboy yeah meanwhile Kramer is bitten by the real John Voight played by himself of course <laughs> and Jerry slips on the sidewalk with one of the best cameos ever in Seinfeld and Jerry slips on the sidewalk while wearing his boots causing him to chip his tooth he's unsure if he's invited to Watley's parade party so he heads there to get a dentist to check his tooth you, you, you a dentist? You're a dentist. You're a dentist. dentist. Can you're you dentist. check this for a minute? You're a dentist. You're a dentist. Mm. Meanwhile, Elaine helps Mr. Pitt win a radio competition by guessing a big band song being played, he w- which is Last Stop to Pottersville. And that was one of the... Um, oh, no, next Stop Pottersville, actually. Yeah. And that was one of the questions in Seinfeld trivia. It a while was, ago. too. Yeah. It was, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in uh, June, we went to a Seinfeld trivia here in Melbourne. It was yep. really good. We've actually got one coming up next week. It's yep. a Seinfeld and Simpsons trivia combined. It's called Worlds Are Colliding, and it's in Brunswick, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah, somewhere it's 
spotted mallard? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so we'll um, we'll give you our uh, I guess our lowdown. Yeah. Once uh, once we've attended, we'll take photos, do socials, and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, we'll tell you on the night our trivia name what it is. It's going to yeah, be a beauty. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Pretty happy with it actually. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know what it is. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I, I've decided on what it is. Nice. Okay. Yep. Well, I think we'll tell the listeners that week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Pitt wins a chance to hold one of the ropes on a Woody Woodpecker balloon in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> he's a troublemaker. I love how uh, Mr. Pitt gets really excited when uh, Elaine's trying to guess the song. Yeah, he's like, Elaine, do you know what it is? Shut oh, up. Shut up. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just really shocked. And yeah, I know. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Elaine blows a dating opportunity with Watley at his party after losing a hearing from listening to a big band close up. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to go out with me? New Year's Eve mm. um, scrunches her face <laughs> yeah up. scrunches her face and he's like oh fine yeah he's not happy at all not happy at all and finally George finds out that his car was not owned by John Voigt rather by John Voigt the uh, periodontist later revealed to be a dental school colleague of Watley's I love how uh, George is trying to sort of he's he knows that it's not the John Voigt but he's just trying to find anything <laughs> to, to cling on to that it might be the actor John maybe, maybe Voigt, he took you... out the H you know to make it's it a, slide it's like, better yeah it's a, it's a bit sharper and Jerry's like yeah that yeah, happened that happens just um... in Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kramer and Jerry catch a bus and head to New Jersey to collect his sneakers from Mom and Pop yep other secondaries include Morgan he makes an appearance he only in one scene uh, when George suggests John Voigt Day, yeah. I pre- I, pre- pre- I, uh, I propose a motion to never have meetings when George organizes them or something. Yeah, so we we talked about Morgan last week in our um, what's the deal with the Yankees stuff yes, episode. We did. So and listen to that if you haven't already. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I'm surprised we didn't mention because that's that that scene that he has in this episode because it's really good. Where yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. I propose that we just don't have any more meetings. Set up by George Costanza, just shuts him down. That's it. He, he's done. <laughs> yeah, finished. <laughs> I like how George, you know, he's kind of like on board when he's like, you know, how about Joe Pepto Day? And Morgan's kind of like, yeah, okay. And he's like, mm, John Voight Day, just you know, random, quote unquote, random. I bet you if I said Liam Neeson Day, you'd all be patting me on the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, other secondaries also besides Morgan, uh, Dan Frischman, he plays the guy on the phone who tips off Jerry mm-hmm. about his sneakers, mm. and Nancy Balbera plays a woman at the party. Okay. Did you mention the electrician as well? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he was okay. played by Pat Azanti. Cool. Yes. Bit of trivia. Uh, the final scene with Kramer getting a nosebleed on the bus parodies the ending of Midnight Cowboy, a film starring John Voight. Mm. The bus it's, and did you know, Stephen, if you didn't notice, the bus itself has the letters Bieber written on it. No. And coincidentally, Justin Bieber was born in 1994, the same year that the episode premiered. Huh. Bieber. Premonition. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, huh? Huh. And according to Andy Ackerman, Michael Richards was unaware that Voight would bite him. So his reaction when it happens is real. Wow. Yeah. That's he, awesome. He didn't think it would happen. He was huh. like, oh, yeah. And uh, apparently part of this episode was inspired um, by events that actually happened. So yeah. the writer of the episode, Tom Gamble, he wrote the episode with uh, Max Pross or Pross. Yeah. Um, he purchased a car based on the belief that it had been previously previously owned by John Voigt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but he found out later that he was lied to, much like George in the episode. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he actually kept the car. Um, and it was actually used as George's car. In this episode and um, season seven episode, The Gum. That's right. Yes. That makes an appearance. The the Lloyd Braun episode. Yeah. It's a Lloyd Braun episode where it sets on fire. Okay. Apparently in a later uh, interview for a film, National Treasure. Is that the one with Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, terrible. It's like an Indiana Jones sort of wannabe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Disney Um, one, yeah. I didn't even know that John Voight was in it. There you go. No, he's been in a lot of those kind of movies. Okay. He was in a movie called Baby Geniuses 2. 
Oh, he played the villain, which was like one of the worst, apparently the worst movie ever made, or one of the worst. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah it is. Baby genius. And he plays the villain, yeah. Actually, he's he's the villain in um, Enemy of the State. Mm, there you Will go. Will Smith and Gene Hackman. There, there you go. go. It's, all, it's all coming to me. Well, we're going to talk about John Voight a little bit later, but uh, I've got notes on Mum and Pop and the car salesman Vic as well. Uh, do you, who do you have? Uh, I've got some notes. Uh, the guy on the phone. Yeah. Uh, nice. The car. Yeah. The car salesman. Nice. The woman at the party. Um, and actually, the Dixieland Deli band. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I love a bit of big band. Yeah. Cool. Let's have a quick break, and uh, we'll get straight into the secondaries. Sounds good. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, aka Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. So where's my sneakers? That's what I want to know. What do you mean? Well, I saw Mom and Pop this morning, but when I went by the store on my way home, the place was empty. Everything is gone. Mom and Pop vanished. (laughs) So all my sneakers are gone? I'm afraid so, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I've been asking around. They didn't even have any kids. Mom and Pop aren't even a mom and Pop. It was all an act, Jerry. They conned us and they scored big time. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character for another week of shenanigans with my boy Stephen and I'm your man Ivan. Yes. Yes, and whether you're listening in Australia, the US or around the world somewhere, thank you very much and we hope you are enjoying this podcast series. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always fun. So if you are a fan or if you've gotten in touch with us, uh, or if you've spread the word, or if you've done anything, we appreciate it immensely. We sure do. This week, we're doing the Mum and Pop Store from Season 6, and that's Episode 8. I just gave you a bit of a plot synopsis before the break, and we're going to talk about some of the secondary characters which make this episode very interesting. Uh, should we start with Mum and Pop? Yeah, from mm. the top. Yeah, cool. We'll make... <laughs> Mom and Pop from the top. Yep. Good. That rhymes, and you know it rhymes. I know it rhymes. <laughs> so we'll start with Mum. So Mum was played by Elsa Raven. She's known for Back to the Future as Clock Tower Lady. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Save the Clock Tower. Yeah. That's her who gives the fly to Marty McFly. Huh. You like my rhyming? Yeah. Gives the fly to Marty McFly? No, doesn't really. work. No. no, it's the same word. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Sorry. No, it's okay. That's like Fred Durst level rapping. Just, yeah. Just... I wear a red cap and a. Got a latte instead of cappuccino at Starbucks. Anyway, let's talk about Mama Pop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. She's also um, Elsa Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa Ravens also in Titanic, and she had a stint in General Hospital. Huh. Common theme. Yeah. Uh, Pop was played by Mike Rabello, known for appearing in ten episodes of the 2001 show Viva Vegas, and also in General Hospital in 1963. Hmm. And he hasn't had any TV or film roles since 2001. Oh, obviously retired. Yeah, probably. Yeah, loving the life. You know, yeah. he closed up his small business. Yep. Yeah, electrical faults that he couldn't afford. And, yeah, uh, he's still he on the run in New Jersey. Yeah, he's selling Jerry sneakers. Yeah. That's it. Still trying to flog him off. Exactly. There's a lot of sneakers, so. Uh, take sure a while. is. Yeah, good box. Yeah, because Kramer says he has a. Uh, why does he have so many sneakers? Oh, yeah. he's got a Peter Pan complex. He's got Peter Pan complex. Yeah. <laughs> kind of does. He does, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good point. Very insightful, Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. Mom and Pop. Well, I'll put them as one character. Yeah. Obviously, I, I guess what you could say, they're like old timey, you know, blue collar, run of the mill. Mm. You know, Americans, you know, American nuclear family. Well, allegedly, Kramer says that they never had kids. They didn't. So they lied about being mom and pop. Yeah, I my theory was that um, initially it was just that they were kind of a conventional set of parents with kids. But then, you know, when we watched the episode and uh, claim, uh, Kramer, Kramer makes the claim yeah. that they don't have kids, um, that sort of changed my idea of who they are outside of their shop. Uh, their, their cobbling shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to use that word as much cobbling as possible. Cobbling shop. Cobble, 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 cobble. Cobbling shop. Yeah. Um, uh, cobbling shop. Cobbling. 
Um, yeah, and I, I think that they, you know, they've had the shop for 48 years. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they just workaholics. Because they didn't have yeah. kids. Maybe they couldn't have kids. Oh, maybe they couldn't, yeah. You know, or maybe they thought, you know, maybe they, I've, I always thought as well that, well, I thought that they may have always struggled with their business. Yeah, because like, even even when the ele- electrician quotes $2,000, yeah. 2000 bucks for a business. It's like, four oh. grand. It's four thousand. I thought it was two thousand. No, it's oh, four thousand. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. But even $4,000, I mean, if your business is doing well, you'd have like surplus money. Yeah. You know, you'd probably think, oh, four grand, look for electrical work. Yeah, I better. Well, considering, I mean, he it. says they've never even considered needing electrical work for 48 years. No, no. To be hit with four grand, you know, it's a lot of money for a small business to take, especially one that's struggling. Yeah. But, I mean, over the years, they would have paid more than that if they'd actually kept up maintenance. So, yeah, relatively, it's not that much. No, not really. Yeah. No. But, you know what, I, I, came, I came across, because, you know, when Kramer, you know, calls him out for never being a mom and pop, you mm. know, having kids. I had a crackpot theory, I, you know, it's, it's totally irrelevant, very far-fetched. What if they were scammers, you know? Okay. Like, what if they, when they were in their young days, they were like Bonnie and Clyde, they go town to town, mm-hmm. you know, rip people off, steal their stuff, <laughs> okay. steal money or sneakers or whatever, go yeah. to the next town, and then they probably thought, oh, we're getting over this, let's just set up a legitimate business. And, okay, they wanted know. to get out of their life of crime. And then, you know, they had to shut their business down, and then they saw Jerry's sneakers. Now, Jerry is on a very modest income. They wouldn't have been like cheapo thirty dollars sneakers. These would have been like Reeboks and Nikes. Yeah, you know, probably three hundred dollars shoes. And he had like a whole box of them. Mm. They probably thought, oh, and you know, Jerry Seinfeld in the show at that at that point was probably like a famous comedian on the show. So they, well, I mean, the the guy at the end of the phone is a fan. He's like, you know, they told me that these shoes were owned by Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, he's got some sort of profile. Some sort of profile. Yeah. So what if they were scammers and they, you know, after their business shut down, you know, because they couldn't be bothered fixing the the electricity or you know the electrical work, they probably thought. Oh, what about it? One last crack? Okay. I'm trying to trying to get some money? Trying to reclaim their glory days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Revisit their youth. Like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of thing, yeah. yeah. That's just a crackpot theory. No, no, I think yeah. I think that's uh that's that's cool. But but Elaine makes a good point. She goes, because you know, Kramer's under the impression that they got scammed by yeah. him. Typical and Kramer, like, like there's automatically a conspiracy yeah. theory. And Elaine's like, Oh yeah, so a lady and a man set up a business. 48 years ago established trust. trust for 48 years <laughs> and they decided all in a plot to steal Jerry's shoes Jerry's shoes yeah <laughs> and she's like I'm done yeah just uh, you guys are just yeah. cooked but anyway that's just that's just a, a you know a crackpot theory I have no had. I like it yeah, yeah I like it the only other extra thing I had was I thought why would they go to Persip- I think it's Persephone or Persephone New Jersey yeah um, and they've obviously got access to a garage to have a garage sale yeah you know and this happened what three or four days later mm-hmm. after they, they vanished maybe they already lived there well, I looked up how far Persephone is from New York City, yep. and it's about an hour and a half, two hours drive. Oh, okay. So I don't think they would have been commuting every day, no. especially into the city, because New York traffic like is, is hectic. I reckon they had a house above the store. Well, I was going to say maybe they had... Or a had, unit or something, or apartment. May, yeah, maybe they had relatives there. Oh, maybe, yeah. And, you know, they, they're sort of like shacking up at a relative's house. Um, you know, because they feel comfortable, and yeah. they were trying to like lighten their load, so they set up like a quick garage sale. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they sold off Jerry's shoes. Nice. Yeah, because I thought, well, why would they go there specifically? Obviously, they knew the person. Yeah. Or yeah, had yeah. yeah, or had a house or something there. Because <laughs> um, it's this, and it's not a big town either. It's nah. not like they're you know nah. running to a well-known place. Well, I'm not familiar with the town. So no, I've really never I'd never heard of it before. Mm. So yeah. And clearly, um, there's a bus that goes there from New York. So that's true. It's not bad. That's true. Yeah, because Jerry's car's in the shop. They yeah. Catch the bus. Yeah. Mm. That's true. There you go. The only other, actually, I had another thing. I yeah. noticed as well that they were very suggestible. They were kind of naive. Because yeah. Kramer's so like. They take a lot of a, advice from Kramer. Yeah. 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 Maybe they have a lot of trust in Kramer because he's bringing them business. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they, yeah. they hold him in high esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, actually, now I think about it, I don't think they would have uh, just acted on the advice to get all that electrical work done from just anyone. No. You know, it would have been Kramer. Yeah. 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 And then when they... Um, they they would, do the they honest would, thing, then yeah. suddenly the electrician goes, you got to do it or I'll lose my license and you'll shut your business down. That's it. Simple as that. Yeah. But um, I, I kind of like mum and pop. Yeah, mum and pop. Yeah, I like them too. Yeah. There are only a couple of scenes. Yeah. Cobblers. <laughs> it's Kramer and his bloody nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the look on Pop's face when um when Kramer says you gotta fix the crack in the foot. Yeah, you gotta crack. Just like, I know, he's just like, like Yeah, all, all that all that was needed was steam coming out of yeah. his ears. He was done. Yeah. yeah he, he, was, he, he was financially um, ruined. Yeah. This business was just keeping him afloat, probably all, breaking even. Yeah. And then suddenly Yeah. Done. I mean that's Kramer's motivation to go there to help them out. Yeah. So they you know, they weren't doing too well at all. No. You know, and he has to take his friend's shoes to get detailed or detailed <laughs> yeah i know just to get some income that's how desperate they are yeah mm. i just love how jerry's so blase he's like yeah cool like if if you came to me and we're like i've got a friend or i know someone who's got a shoe cobbling business can they cobble your shoes i'm like i feel sorry for your friends but no like no. I, w- I wouldn't just let someone cobble my shoes or clean my shoes and you got to remember it's kramer yeah so if you say yeah take it and there's a whole box of sneakers he'll take yeah. the whole box he's not yeah. rational he won't just say oh, i'll just no. take your cheapest pair yeah. just to help him out yeah no, no, i'll take i'll yeah. take your 300 dollars rebox yeah. or whatever they are yeah no problem i love how he does no. like a who me like plays not plays dumb but he's just completely unaware and he's like yeah well, there's obviously some sort of misunderstanding or miscommunication yeah, exactly it's your fault jerry your <laughs> yeah. Fault. yeah yeah he's basically just blaming jerry exactly yeah nice yeah, yeah. let's talk about um i guess let's talk about the castle yeah, also known as Vic. Uh, he was played by Ken Thornley. He's known for being in Men in Black and My Favourite Martian huh. from the 90s. Huh. Yeah, not not many other appearances Yeah, for Vic. He came across as just a typical Dodgy used car salesman. Yeah, just and fit that fit that that um that sort of stereotype perfectly and i reckon he tried because i think he knows the difference between john j-o-n and j-h-n j-h-n void i reckon he's tried it on other customers yeah and probably more savvy customers probably looked at the paperwork because you know how you know george looks at the logbook and it says j h or jerry looks at it at the yeah, logbook when and it says j-o-h-n h-n yep you know mm. i bet you more savvy car you know customers would have looked at it and said oh that's not john Jerwin." yeah but then again you, to be fair vic never mentions that it's the actor john void he says it's owned by john void yeah no you know? he's not he's not he's, he's not being not, dodgy he's not well he is he's oh he's like, being dodgy yeah actually he's he's, he's misleading he's, but misleading, he's not lying he no it's not unconscionable but no. it's it's still it's deceptive it's ta- deceptive ta- conduct yeah, yeah sure is for the sake you know which again feeds back into the the idea of the dodgy car sales. Who the hell has a LeBaron? I know. Who the hell's a LeBaron? Go for the Volvo. Consumer yeah. said so. That's it. That's I'm the, the best car. Yeah. Hey, I'm the consumer. I'm the consumer. <laughs> I love that justification. I'm the consumer. Yeah, I'm the consumer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one thing else that I noticed about him as well, he, for some reason, he kind of reminded me of Lionel Hutz. Don't know why. Like, <laughs> Miguel you know, he's Sanchez. Not, yeah, like he's just, he's just this dodgy guy. Yeah. You know, he's sort of, he's not like this horrible person but he operates in a very moral grey yeah, area yeah right um, yeah he'll and, swindle something to get a deal yeah and yeah. Lionel Hutz you know he might be a bit of a worse person but a bit of a swindler yeah, yeah. exactly he's a, he's a con artist <laughs> yeah. fair enough and he's got a terrible fucking haircut oh he does doesn't he yeah his haircut's awful ugly yeah it's just garbage he looks like the stereotype of a dodgy used car salesman, he does he? yeah very very um, stereotypical cheap tie you know exactly like polyester button suit shirt you know, suit whatever yeah. yeah yeah that kind of like tartan pattern mm-hmm. but not tartan suit yeah just yeah cheap cheap just nasty nasty man cheap nasty a yep. lemon 
cheap. Yeah, yeah. he is a fucking lemon. Yeah, I, I love I love in Jerry's opening stand up. It's actually one of my favorites in this mm. episode. You know, they say, oh, they put words into the names of cars like yeah, Integra, Integra. In- Integrity. No, Integra. Yeah, you know, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. Yeah, I hope I don't get a Lamona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty good actually. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> good Did you have anything else about uh, Vic? Well, Vic definitely would have sold a lot of Lamonas. Definitely. Yeah. I'm sure he would have gotten a lot of letters from a lot of lawyers. I'm sure. Yeah, I um, I like him. Oh, he's not bad. Yeah, he's only one scene. Yeah, I mean, he's not in it for very long, but um, yeah, yeah. I I think I like him because I rag on George a lot. I realize that, but you know, I still love him as a character. Oh, me too. Yeah, I try and I try and like have a complicated point of view on things where I'm like, subjectively, I like him, but objectively, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. I think because this guy kind of fucks over George, who deserves it. Mm, no end. Of course. Like he he's fucked up so many things and so many people's lives. Someone needs to get one up on him. I think that's why I like him. And it's George's responsibility to find out if it's the real John Void who yeah. owns it's, it's his problem. And even if even if I someone did, exactly, mm. even if someone didn't check the paperwork to see if it was uh, you know, the actor John Void or just a person named John Void, I reckon most people would just go, Oh, okay, that's cool and and not use that as a reason to buy the car of course they would just go oh yeah that's interesting cool like mm. but they wouldn't go oh my god i'm gonna buy this car because it was maybe owned by someone named john voight and not to rat on john voight's illustrious career i mean he's had a wonderful career but yeah. in the 90s john voight wasn't like a big no megastar he wasn't you know? a liam neeson no and it wasn't <laughs> liam neeson no. oscar schindler but even yeah i mean before schindler's list liam neeson wasn't very well known no it was a very um sort of uh current reference to use Liam Neeson yeah 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 as a as a comparison to exactly. John Voight to John Voight yeah <laughs> so yeah I it's guess not even he... American <laughs> what John Voight no no Liam Neeson oh, Liam that's, Neeson, that's yeah. George's criticism of Liam yeah, Neeson he's... you know when um when Jerry's like that's the genius of it you know <laughs> if he said Liam Neeson people would have known that he's you know yeah. he's lying or whatever it's like Liam Neeson you're comparing Liam Neeson to, to John, John Voight. Voight and he's like blah blah he's going on and on and it's he goes not it's not even 72 <laughs> yeah and he's like he's not even American yeah it's like okay I bet you if I I suggested Liam Neeson D I'll be patting my back <laughs> exactly yeah, he's no. got it he's really got it in for Liam Neeson oh, for sure some does. reason I yeah. love Liam Neeson oh he's great yeah he's, he's Qui-Gon Jinn I, I told you a few weeks ago that in Taken you know they do so many edits yeah you know when he climbs fences they do like 32 edits in that one shot because he can't do one jump no nah, he's got he's, his he's old man old. creaky body yeah exactly yeah. yeah I'll put that in the show notes too yeah a few weeks ago okay Liam Neeson traverses they make Liam Neeson I think traverse front yards like a varsity gymnast <laughs> I think I wrote something like that okay yeah. if you check at our show notes uh, I think from three weeks ago two weeks yep. ago I think it might have been the beard or maybe the wife yep notes yep. Uh, it might have been the wife okay check them out right yeah, yeah we, we have uh, very quirky show notes we do about things yes yeah. mm. we do why don't we talk about yeah what are we talking about you decide. I decided the last one. Oh, man. Well, to be honest with you, I have no notes for other people. Okay. Oh, well, I have John Voight. Okay. Well, we'll save we'll him for the, the end. end. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, like we said, Morgan appears. We've already talked about him. Yeah. And we talked about him in detail last week. Yeah. Um, there's the guy on the phone. Yeah. I d- he was just so minuscule. Like, mm. I didn't really have notes. He, I mean, he was played... By Daniel Frischman. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Dan Frischman. But that's all I had. Really. Yeah. He's yeah. he's known for playing sort of socially inept geeks and nerds. Okay. And before I read that about the actor, that's kind of how I categorized him yeah. in my head. He looks like a socially awkward person. Um, I decided that he's trying to be a stand-up comedian and he absolutely worships Jerry Seinfeld. And you know he was beside himself when he could when he had an opportunity to buy Jerry Seinfeld shoes, which now I think about it kind of mirrors the idea of George buying a car purely because it was owned by by um, John, John Boyd. Boyd yeah. You know this guy buys 
a pair of sneakers only because they're owned by Jerry Seinfeld. If they weren't, I don't think he would have bought them. No, definitely. So I reckon he's a Jerry Seinfeld worshipper. Of course. And, Huge uh, he, fan. Yeah, and he wants to be uh, in, uh, in stand-up comedy. And, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's his hero. Mm-hmm. But he's a bit obsessive as well. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So I've also got some notes about the woman at the party. Yeah. She's in it for 20 seconds max. Yeah, played by Nancy Balbira. That's right. Yeah. So she was, uh, she's actually a well-known um, performance artist and author. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Nice. She's written a lot of books. Um, she's also a dentist. Oh, in real life? No. Oh, in the show. I was going to say, geez, yeah. this is not bad. Performance no. art. Yeah. And you, know, you can imagine like she does like a performance, like an interpretive dance while she rips teeth out. She's yeah. Like, well, I mean, under <laughs> under like Novocaine or drugs, like she could probably do anything and people wouldn't people wouldn't object. Tim Watley. Yeah. He would. There's <laughs> dentists. Did I don't know. he touch Jerry or not? I don't think that's open to interpretation. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> anyway. Um... And I was going to say, I think she is a career obsessive woman. I don't okay. know, I just got that vibe. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. That's all I had about any of them. Actually, sorry, I did have some information about the Dixieland Delhi <gasps> oh, band. Oh, yeah, the good old big band. That's right. Yeah. They're kind of like a polka band more yeah. than a big band. They, they reminded me, and it's funny you say this because we mentioned Home Alone a bunch at the start. Mm. I can't remember the name of the band, but John Candy's character, you know, in the first Home Alone film? Oh, yeah, Home Alone. Where yeah. um, the mum's stuck at the airport. That's just right. Just trying yeah, to get yeah, a flight yeah. back to, yeah, and, to And they catch the bus to Chicago. To Chicago and they get yeah. the bus with the big band, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, they get a, um, a they hire a truck mm-hmm. and then they're driving from, I think it's from Milwaukee to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just hitching a ride with them because she right. can't get a flight That's out right. of wherever she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and John Candy's like the band leader, and she, and he's trying to like talk talk poker up. And he's oh, like, po- you know, polka, 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 yeah, they're yeah, a polka band. It, and polka he's like, band, yeah. maybe you've heard one of our songs, polka, polka, polka. Like all these songs have poker in the title, <laughs> yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's who the Dixieland Deli Band reminded me of. The yeah. way that they dress, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of this mix of like, it's like um, novelty, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a like. like a, it's it's very it's very self aware. Yeah, know? exactly. They're very ominous. Like they kind of know what they are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're not ashamed of it. No, yeah. it kind of in a way it kind of reminds me of like you know like people who are into like the greaser culture. You mm. know, they have like sort of they look like they're from Greece. You know, like big quiffs and like leather jackets, <laughs> and they, <laughs> yeah. they drive like the sort of Cadillacs and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they're completely aware. But of they it. wouldn't listen to big bands. No, 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 no. Like, not related. It just right. reminds me of that idea of like they're living a lifestyle. And they're living an image that doesn't sort of exist in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. Purely as a, a as an homage because they yeah. they love it. I, I met a guy who was in his his sixties, and he told me a while ago that he said when he was a kid, when when he was like a teenager in the sixties, nerds would listen to big bands, and cool kids would listen to the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Okay. Yeah, like that kind of fits in with like yeah. movie. That's what he told me. He's like, yeah. oh, the big band was for like the nerds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind big band music though. Oh no, it's, it's great. Right. It's great. It's, it's fine. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. yeah, but you know, kids are teenagers are very you know fussy when it comes to what's cool and what's not. Exactly. When you get to an adult, you're like, meh, <laughs> whatever. I like what I like. If you don't like it, fuck off. It's a very and it's also a very interesting dynamic in Elaine's character because you know she says that her dad had a big record collection of big bands. Yeah. You know, so Alton Alton was a bit of a fan of the uh, the big bands. Yeah, I reckon now that I think about it. And being a massive Elton fan. Of course, he's your number one secondary at the moment. He is. Unless if you have a surprise this week, like I did last. No. 
Who? Mom and pop number one. <laughs> if, I, if I did and you walked out, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. That's... We need a new co-host of Bidwell Bar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're putting the call out. Yeah. yeah. Anyone, even around the world, we'll do it on Skype. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Oh, we did for a few episodes. Yeah. We did. Mm. Um, what were we saying? Some bullshit. Anyway, I don't, I don't have anything about any of, the, of the, any of the other secondary characters. Good, me either. Actually, sorry, I, I keep on doing that tonight. Um Mr. Pitt makes an appearance in this ep- this episode, he but does. we we've decided that at some point we'll do a what's the deal with episode on all of Elaine's bosses. Yes, she's got three or four notable ones: Jay Peterman, Mr. Yeah. Pitt, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of others I can't recall. Mr. Pittman, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to crack onto her in later episodes. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll eventually group those together in their own what's the deal with episode somewhere down the line. That's it. So we won't talk about Mr. Pitt tonight. Um, but I thought it worth a mention because he is in the in the uh, episode. And also, Tim Motley makes a, uh, an appearance as well, played by Brian Cranston. But yeah. we'll do a what's the deal with him. That's future. right. And we did. I think we did talk about him briefly in uh, the Jimmy. We did. Yeah. Not too much in season one. Yeah. yeah. More more his activities than the character. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about him and uh, Brian Cranston uh, another time. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That's it. Should be great. Cool. Excellent. Well, why don't we uh, take another break, and when we come back, we'll go through our top ten list. Yes, and uh, what, when we come back as well, before we do that, we'll uh, talk a little bit about John Voight. I That's think right. he deserves a little bit of a bio. Okay. You know? Yep. So we'll talk about the man himself. Cool. You're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters on that wonderful show. Let's check out the glove box. Ah, uh, pencil. Hey. You don't think... Sure, that's John Voight's pencil. John Voight's teeth marks. <laughs> Owner's manual. You know what? This car was owned by John Voight. Ah, you see? I told you. Except John is spelled with an H. <laughs> J-O-H-N. Doesn't John Voight spell his name J-O-N? <laughs> What do you say? Nothing. I'm sure John probably misspelled his own name. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much-loved show, Seinfeld. And so far, we've gone through the episode uh, that we're doing today, which is the Mum and Pop Store. We've talked about the secondary characters, and uh, today you're with Stephen. And you're with Ivan. And uh, right now, Ivan is going to take over, and uh, he's going to talk a bit about our man, John Voight. Uh, yeah, because I think even though he's only in it for about 30 seconds, I think he deserves his own section his own bio in definitely this like he was a secondary character but he's a real life person yeah it's yeah. a really good cameo really and good cameo. Uh, probably apparently really hard for him to get on the show you mentioned was. that yeah, earlier yeah. apparently producers took a long time to get him on board do you know why i'm not too sure of the finer details but yeah i heard it was a bit of an effort okay. to get him yeah huh, worth yeah. it yeah i'd say the best part of the episode oh definitely where he yeah. where he um bites kramer and one of the greatest one-off cameos in seinfeld i'd say ever. so yeah i agree with that definitely i mean i was surprised um, I hadn't seen this episode in a long time before we watched it for this uh, this episode of our podcast. But um, I was surprised at how, I guess, aggressively he reacted by biting Kramer. Oh, yeah. You know, and Kramer was making it known why he wanted to, to approach him. He wasn't just sort of coming up to him and yeah. you know like being a creep he, yeah, he yeah. was saying why what he wanted or maybe because he had a nosebleed he probably thought it was a freak yeah, or something that's yeah. true maybe he's a germaphobe that's true you know but no, I told you I, I said earlier in the program that Michael Richards himself didn't know that John Boyd was going to bite him so yeah. his reaction was genuine oh that's so good yeah he actually I love it bit him in happens. real life yeah I love it when real yeah. life reactions are caught on film and then they're used because they're just they're better than whatever was scripted I know and then he's like Kramer's like ah ah you know he's <laughs> and Michael Richards it's, it's amazing how he stayed in character yeah I thought it would be like what the fuck are you doing John Boyd you dickhead his talent you know? yeah 
That's talent. Yeah, there's talent. John Voight is an American actor, and his most famous films, they range from the sublime to the shit. <laughs> the sublime ones include Midnight Cowboy, Deliverance, Heat, and Mission Impossible. Okay. Wow, like, incredible films. What Mission Impossible is not bad. Okay, the first the one? Uh, Midnight Cowboy. No, no, the first Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, yeah, he's in the first one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he plays, like... The rem- remember, yeah, yeah, remember at the start, he's, like, the leader of the, the spies? No. Oh, so in the opening, it's got, like, Emilio Estevez and all that stuff in it, and they do, like, a mission, there's, like, ten of them, and yep. they all die, and, and Tom Cruise's character is, like, a secondary character. He's right. not, like, the main guy. But then they all cark it, and I think John Voight's character, like, fakes his death uh, or something, okay. and then it turns out that it... That, Tom Cruise's character survived the ordeal okay. and then he goes on like a mission to find out what the hell happened and right. I think it turns out John Voight was like the villain trying to knock them all off or something okay. yeah yeah Okay. So, pretty double funny. agent or something yeah something like that yeah right so he was a mission possible okay. and he was also in turds including Baby Genius 2 uh, Pearl <laughs> Harbor I, and Transformers the way I interpreted that initially was that he was also in turds as if turd was a film yeah <laughs> like he was also in a movie called turd, <laughs> <Or> turd. <laughs> Revenge of the Turds Revenge of the Turds yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he was also in uh, turd films Pearl Harbor Transformers and Baby Geniuses 2 Okay. So yeah, he's been ranging. Like I said, he's been in like awesome movies. He's been in crap movies. Yeah, right. So there you go. Oh, okay. Yes. Colorful career. At the moment, he plays Mickey Donovan in the TV show Ray Donovan, and I think he's won a Golden Globe for that performance. Okay. Uh, he's been nominated for four Oscars. He won in 1979 for Best Actor in Coming Home, and uh, oh yeah, here we go. He also won three Golden Globes: two for films Coming Home and Runaway Train, and one for Ray Donovan the TV show. Okay. There you go. Hmm. Mm. That reminds me of Elaine when um she's talking about. I don't think I've ever even seen John Voight in a car in a movie you know like yeah, yeah. Midnight Cowboy Boots hmm. something something uh, uh, sorry Deliverance Canoe Runaway Train uh, Runaway Train Runaway Train <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah no but you know that's the point the point I tried making before was you know when George says oh it's John Voight's car I think it's you know it's like if I turned around and said oh this was uh, Humphrey Bogart's uh, pen pen yeah it's like oh yeah cool yeah you know? that's what i mean like we, we kind of <laughs> touched like, yeah, on that's that cool but when yeah. we talked about the car yeah. salesman uh, uh, um just before i think he was just trying it on until he got someone who bit yeah he finally bit yeah he tried it at least a dozen and, times. and most people even if they didn't check the paperwork it's like why do i care who john yeah Ford? like they, they might Ford. be like yeah, yeah. if if that was me in that situation and someone was like oh this car or this thing that you're considering buying yeah or just this thing in general was owned by i don't know some famous celebrity i'd go oh okay cool like yeah. it would be interesting for about 10 seconds yeah and then you just Get, get on with it but, like, yeah. but for some reason George just latches onto it and like Jerry says I think you just like the idea of telling yeah. telling people you've got a car <laughs> he's like so what so what I don't care and he probably paid an exorbitant amount for the car he yeah. probably had like another 5-10 grand yeah. you know, for the car just because yeah. it was John Voight yeah. I, like for me if I went to buy a car in, in America you know and they said oh John Voight owned the car I'd be like oh yeah cool yeah. if it was someone like George Clooney or Elvis or okay. Muhammad Ali or something to be like George Clooney is a strange strange example oh no I'm just saying like I, I know what you mean a, you know an A-list a high profile star or say Elvis or something it'd yeah. be like whoa yeah you know mm. what I mean like it wouldn't be sold at a used car shop yeah you know it'd be sold at the private auction Sotheby's or something yeah Um. but no if it was like someone you know high profile I'd be like oh shit okay what, what's it doing here so you, you would know? you would be impressed if you bought one of uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Porsches I would yeah, yeah. but the, the one point that just came to mind why would John Void of all people put a car he'd he he trade in his car or whatever into a used car lot yeah wouldn't John Void like sell it off to why like would, a, why would John an auction Voight... or he'd sell it off to like a private car deal like a like a prestige dealer or something why I'd, would he go to a used car and why would he why would he buy
buy, drive, and sell a LeBaron. I don't know much about cars, but it doesn't I'd look like I'd imagine they'd be quite rare cars, LeBarons. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But it, it's not like a baller, badass car. It's just like this like big yank, boring yank tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird. Anyway, I, it's George yeah. has himself to blame. Yeah. Mm. But again, that's our point. He didn't drive the car. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. It was, it was owned by a periodontist. Yes. So that's a bit about John Voigt, mm. a bit of a bio about him. And yeah, like I said, one of the best... One-off cameos ever in Seinfeld. Loved it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I just want to mention as well, John Boyd's hair. Amazing. Oh, and his beard, his moustache too. Such a good slick back. Yeah. Nice stache. Yeah. Good tash. Definitely. Definitely. So every week we have our best episodes, our favourite episodes, and our top 10 secondary characters that we've reviewed so far. Will any of them from the Mom and Pop store make our top 10, or will the episode make our top 10? Stephen, let's start with your episodes. Where does the Mom and Pop store sit out of 25 we've reviewed so far? It sits at number 25. This is my, oh, le- this is my least favourite that we've done so far. 20- wow. Your yeah. least favourite. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. And yep. What, what was your second worst? Uh, I don't actually have the list on me. Oh, oh, okay. Um, but the my top two are the stakeout and the limo. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. I believe from memory, number twenty four was I can't remember. Okay, yeah. So the mum, so the mum and pop store. Yeah. Yep. It just was bad, or it just wasn't as good, or what I just was, yeah. Other than John Voight biting Kramer, yeah, I just didn't laugh once. Okay, I was engaged. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bored. Yeah, but I just didn't. It was just just so flat. Yeah, it was. I was just bored. Gotcha. Just like eh. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I appreciate the parody of Midnight Cowboy. Mm-hmm. And actually, another thing that I did like, I didn't laugh, but I, I like it when um, when George does that sort of like smug snort sniff when he's like, Oh, you're my car, yeah. yeah, my car was owned by John Voight. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he brags about it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does it two or three times in the episode. I did like that. Yeah. And yeah, when John Voight bite, bites Kramer, but I don't yeah. know. I just, I just, it was just really boring. Yeah. Fair enough. What about you? For me, out of 25, 14. Okay. So, you know. Good episode, I reckon, but yeah, no, I think some jokes fell flat. I did mm. like the Mr. Pitt side plot. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the references to Woody Woodpecker. Mm. Uh, Mum and Pop store, you know, that, that plot was, you know, wasn't that exciting. Uh, yeah. I didn't like it too much. I, I thought... loved I loved Jerry's uh, Cowboy Boots plot, and I think that was pretty, yeah. pretty well done. Yeah. And that was another reference, Midnight Cowboy, of course. True. I don't want to be a cowboy. Oh, yeah. And I love I liked the movie Midnight Cowboy. I loved all the references yeah. as well. But okay. look, overall, compared to the other episodes we've reviewed, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad one, mm. but there was 13 better ones. I just thought as well, like, a lot of the time, store owners and the main second, like for example, say the soup Nazi. He's the main secondary character of the soup Nazi. Yeah, and he's like amazing. He's so memorable. Yeah, and so he's just so imp- like, uh, um, what's the word? Like he's so necessary in the episode. Of course, yeah. But mum and pop, they're they're so just like bland. Yeah, but you got to remember as well, like the way that you rank your episodes, you rank them by the secondary characters and their mm. impact. For me, I rank them by the quality of the episode. Sure. So, yeah, but I understand what you mean. Mom and Pop. I just think you know, for you the main secondary characters, yeah. they could have just made them so much more eccentric or yeah. weird or quirky. Yeah. Like, like you know, Sid Fields. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's an old man, but he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Because he's yeah. just this, like, crazy, crazy, like, batshit crazy old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Mum and Pop, they're just so, like, boring. And then they, you know, the only interesting thing is that they do a runner to New, Z- New Jersey and sell some sneakers at Garage. But was it the purpose of their character? Maybe they were meant to be bland, run-of-the-mill American, maybe. You know, middle America. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just... I just thought that there was potential to make them a lot more just weird and insane. Like yeah. like most of the secondary characters, especially like business owners and operators in yeah. the Seinfeld universe are. They're Fair all enough. they're all a bit 
odd. Fair enough. Well, my top five episodes are The Hamptons at five, Bizarro Cherry at four, Soup Nazi, Puffy Shirt, and Number One's The Outing. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. Cool. Any, uh, I mentioned my top ten uh, last week. Controversial uh, number one, you know, mm. with Steinbrenner bulleting up to number one. Uh, my top ten, if you listen to my top ten, listen to last week's episode, uh, they haven't changed. Okay. How about you? No. No changes? Noth- nothing's no. changed. So... Yeah, uh, there's some good uh, there's some good secondary characters in the episode, but none that even come close to the top mm. ten. And we realised, uh, Stephen and I, you know, because we've reviewed so many secondary characters by this point, we decided we're going to do a top twenty secondary characters. Yeah. But, so when we talk you know, about uh, our characters, sorry, I, I cut you off there. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. When we talk about the characters in the pod, we will uh, only sort of mention the top ten, but on our website um, and in our show notes as well, we will put our top twenty. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, if, if a character just misses out on the 10 and lands 11 to 20, I'll mention, yeah, they, they landed there. Yep. You know. Yep. But I won't rattle off 20 every week. That's no. A bit, a bit too much. Exactly. Yes. So another thing we do every week is talk about Seinfeldisms, which are, I guess, Seinfeld-related things that happen in our day-to-day life. And yes. I believe you have one this week. I sure do. Yes. I went to a place called Soda Rock Diner. It's an American diner on Chapel Street last week with my partner and a friend of mine who I haven't seen for a long time. Mm. Hello, Premel, if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, I looked at the menu and I thought to myself, wow, there's actually, because it's an American diner, of course, a lot mm. of American foods. I thought, wow. Is it like a throwback diner? Yeah. Okay. It's like 50s, 60s. And yeah. they play like jukebox yeah. 50s and 60s music and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's it's on Chapel Street. Okay. In, uh, I've seen Sandera. it, yeah. but I've never been in. you got to go there. And, and the waiters dance. They're like uh, on rollerblades okay. and they dance. Right. It's fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. Anyway, one of the items on the menu, which unfortunately they sold out of, because I was actually going to purchase this item and put it in our Seinfeld shrine in the studio. Yeah. Snapple. Ah. They had bottles. Well... Apparently, they sold out of glass bottles of Snapple. You know how Elaine goes in the fridge and yeah. grabs a Snapple and yep. then turns Snapple. to Jerry? Snapple. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I said, can I have a Snapple, please? They said, no, no Snapple. Oh. We ran out. But I wasn't going to drink it. I was just going to leave it with the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Another bit of paraphernalia to add to our Seinfeld studio. Exactly. So, huh. that was my Seinfeldism. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What a, what a, um, what a missed, missed thing. <sighs> yeah. Bit I, of a shame. I walk into our studio every week now and I think, it, it's fine, but it just needs a Snapple. I'll, I'll just buy crates. I'll just put like two crates next to the desk. Where's the Snapple? Where is the Snapple? Snapple. Anyway, I had a Seinfeldism too. What is it? So this week I decided to download the interactive wasteland that is known as Tinder. Oh. And, you know, without going into much detail. Because Listeners, Stephen's on the prowl. If you're, if you're interested, shoot us an email. <laughs> you know? We'll just... <laughs> just swipe left on Tinder. Yeah, swipe so you left don't on match Tinder. me. Or just shoot us an email. Do you think Stephen's a rugged-looking guy? Do you reckon you'd uh, you date him? If you're in the Melbourne area, let us know. We'll try and hook someone up. No, we. <laughs> no, that's. No, I think that's crossing a line. I think so. Okay. Yeah. No, don't don't email us. No. No, no, no email us, but, but not about, about Seinfeld. But not yes. about Stephen's love life. No, I mean if you see me on Tinder. By all means, you know, swipe right or left, whatever you want to do. Okay, good. Um, you know, maybe we'll have a chat about Seinfeld. Are you going to put a, like podcast host no. on your thing? No. Oh, no. Why? You're going to play it cooler than that. Okay. Item. Okay. So anyway, you so say you you logged into Tinder, the interactive yeah. wasteland. What happened? My, the interactive wasteland, and I, you know, I matched with some with some people, and there were various conversations had. Yeah, good. Um, and two, one was an obvious Seinfeld fan. She, I won't reveal any names. But her like uh, profile description thingy said, um, "There's an answer to this question. Something. It's the reference to the um, 
the episode where the cabin burns down and you first meet the bubble boy. Oh, the bubble boy. Yeah. Is yeah. it called the bubble no, boy? It's called the bubble yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the following episode's the Cheever letters. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And Season four. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when uh, George is insistent that the right answer is the moops. He's like, it's <gasps> oh, the moors. Moops, moors yeah, moops, yeah, yeah. It had a reference to that. So I'm like, I am swiping right on her. Nice. Um, and we matched, which was really fun. And I did do a, a very um, uh, shameless plug and I'm like I, I didn't set it up very well either I'm like do you like podcasts and she's like she's like I listen to some podcasts <laughs> sound like an infomercial yeah, yeah. do and you I'm, wake <laughs> up in the morning yeah <laughs> do you yes. feel like something's missing in your life how don't about you? two idiots talk about Seinfeld for an hour or so every week don't you hate when you can't <laughs> download your podcast and it's got like a black and white yeah. photography and some and person's trying to yeah, like, like click the space bar and like thing. something really dramatic and over the top like oh well it's, now it's, it's easier yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the solution to all of those infomercials is are you you know do you find that this problem happens a lot well stop being a dickhead <laughs> and buy this <laughs> and be a fucking normal human you idiot exactly <laughs> anyway um, we yeah I, I gave us a shameless plug and she said she listened which was very nice oh great and that happened a second time as well a, a person um, again I won't reveal a name but she said that she had never listened to a podcast, so we broke her podcast virginity. Kind of nice. <laughs> you did. Yeah. No, we did. It's right, our okay. podcast. Yeah, of course. No. Okay. Yeah. Metaphorically, yes. Yes. I get you. Um, and she said she was listening t- uh, to it with a friend, and her friend liked it. So whoever you are and your friend are, thank you. And, and yeah. be sure to subscribe for latest updates and content, yeah? Yeah. Yep. And I didn't get permission from either one of those people to give them a shout-out. So even though I haven't revealed any personal details, sorry if you're embarrassed, but um, I had to. That's fine. That's the Seinfeldism. Good work, mate. And before we go, we got a couple of uh, fan mail. Uh, well, we got a couple of emails here. So uh, let's get into fan mail. Yeah. When you control the mail, you control information and first up all the way from england we have michael who sent us a facebook message Uh, he says very good podcast guys as always been listening since day one he says ivan steinbrenner is number one what are you sniffing (laughs) straight to the point straight to the point hottest of takes yeah he goes and he says that ivan you should revise your outlook on life wow yeah pretty full-on huh fuck yeah Hot take. <laughs> yeah, but he says, nonetheless, great show. Okay. And uh, he requests the muffin tops for a future episode. So okay. uh, thanks, Michael. Thanks yeah. for listening. We'll do it soon. Yeah, sure will. Yeah. Who do you have there? Uh, I'm still looking. Oh, okay. We'll do another one. Uh, Jeffrey, one of our super fans from the USA. Hey, Jeffrey. How you doing, buddy? Um, he says, great show. And uh, he also requests the muffin tops. No coincidence there. So I think uh, we'll do the muffin tops in the next few weeks. What do you reckon? I think we should. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We've already got next week's episode planned. We do. We'll do it in two weeks. Yeah. Okay, two weeks. Sounds yep. good. I've got a message as well. This is a, a friend and fan of the pod, Michael from Brisbane. Um, he sent a video, um, and it's actually pretty funny. I afforded this to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a really well-known video on YouTube, uh, which is narrated by David Attenborough, the famous naturalist. Hang on, naturist? Naturist. No, naturalist is a movie. Uh, n- uh, <laughs> uh, yes, he's not a naturalist. No, maybe. Oh, well. There, yeah, it's a really well-known segment from like a 90s documentary of a lyrebird mimicking like incredible sounds. And someone's dubbed over the um, the Seinfeld theme like boom, 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 That was so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know what's it's going to happen because it, it's like the first 30 seconds of the clip is the actual is clip. The actual of clip. And he's like, here we are in the forests of Borneo, blah, 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 blah. You know, and we, you know, we run into the amazing lyrebird. And then it shows like the lyrebird actually making the, the, Seinfeld the sounds. Sound. Yeah, no. And then it just cuts to it going boom. <laughs> with this really bad, badly edited like beak yeah, opening yeah. up. Again. So thank you, uh, Michael, 
for sending that through. They yeah. gave us a few a few yucks. Thank you, Michael from Melbourne. Brisbane. Oh, Brisbane. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, Michael. Thank yep. you. Two Michaels, one from England, one from Brisbane, and Jeffrey from the US. Thank you very much for your emails this week. Yeah, thanks, fellas. And uh, if you want to get in touch or if you want to give us some feedback, um, we have an email address, which is bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And you can find us on the socials at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. We get a bit of content on there, a few funny photos and a few uh, good memes. Yeah. You know, you, if you see the latest one, it's my back of my head superimposed on Steinbrenner it's your singularity my singularity yeah yep. that's it you know what do they say like when technology and biology coexist as one it'll be the you know the human singularity that's your singularity they call it the Steinbrenner factor there you go yeah. the Steinbrenner Stein factor <laughs> the Steinbrenner <laughs> the Steinbrenner <laughs> that's it <laughs> um, yeah so we also have a website com. you can stream all of our episodes on there and uh, we are, of course, available on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, basically anywhere you can get podcasts. So have a listen, subscribe, uh, review us, spread the word. And uh, that would be awesome. Next week, we're going all the way back to Season 1, Episode 3, The Robbery. Yeah, I'm looking so, forward to this one. Yeah, we haven't gone to Season 1 since the stakeout, I think. I think yeah. it was our first and only time we've gone. It's only yeah. five episodes. Yeah, but, you know. not a lot to pick from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're looking Look, forward to that. Yeah, this is my pick. Really looking forward to it. Yes. I do love Season 1. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening for another week and we'll catch you next week. Indeed. Bye. Bye.